Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. All right, Sal. We are back for another special episode. Oh, yeah. This one's interesting. Really gets the mind all kinds of things happening. What, what could happen? What shouldn't happen for uh, season four of Cobra Kai? Yes, and today we're exploring this article that I stumbled on in Inverse Magazine written by Laura Kelly, and the article's title is, Cobra Kai Season 4 Must Learn Three Lessons from the Worst Karate Kid Movie. I think this is a really great article. I'm, I'm very excited that we're talking about it today, but Laura, uh, I disagree that it's the worst. I don't use the, I don't use the phrase worst. Yeah. Me, me personally, Sal Rodriguez does not use the word worst when I refer to anything Karate Kid or Cobra Kai. I agree. But if you were, you'd probably <laughs> be referring to the next Karate Kid. Okay. Well, you know, there's the phrase I like to use, uh, the one I like the least, my least favorite. Right. My, it's my least favorite. It doesn't yeah. mean it's the worst. I'm not saying the worst. I don't even invoke the word. I say not my favorite. Well, moving on. This article gets into the Karate Kid 3 is generally considered the worst in the series, and for good reason. But oh, what can Cobra Kai's next season learn from the weakest film in the franchise? Now, there's the saving grace. It's probably the weakest film in the franchise, meaning the first three. The next yeah. Karate Kid's more like a cousin, stepchild, something, foreign. Yeah. And then the remake, that's a whole other thing. Probably a better film than the next Karate Kid, but that's a discussion for another day. But yes, it gets the mind working, sound. You're right. It was kind of fun. There's a lot of good stuff in this article. Made me laugh. So what we're going to do is we're going to hit a few points. She kind of goes over the Karate Kid a little bit. And so we'll kind of hash over some of that as we get into these big three lessons that Cobra Kai must learn. Yeah. A list of three. A list of three. But before that... Here's kind of some backstory. So, The Karate Kid 3 takes place about a year after the events of the first film. Daniel LaRusso receives a notice from the local karate tournament inviting him back to defend his title with a brand new rule that says Daniel only needs to fight the competition's finalist. It should have been an easy feat for Daniel and kind of unfair rule for the competitors or for his competitors. Now, this comes from the article straight out. I love this talking point, Sal, because now we're deep into Cobra Kai, and I know you know that I have my issues with this ridiculous rule and the third Karate Kid, but it made me look at it from a different point of view today, Sal, as I read How's this. That? Yes. Well, first of all, let's explain for any listeners who don't know this yet. I'll let you explain what this rule was in the movie, and then I'll give you my new takeaway. Well... In a tournament, everybody has to start in the same place. Everybody starts at the bottom in a, in a tournament. Yeah. And then at the end, there is a champion. Well, for, for this time, they said the previous year's champion does not have to start at the bottom, fight his way to the top. No, he's grandfathered into the final, and he does not have to fight until the final so, uh, yeah, that, that really upset you, Jason. Well, it's a plot point. It's not a realistic thing. You know, we're going to bypass everything, thus making it more scarce 
for a competitors to get there because one seat's taken. It'd be as if, Sal, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the most recent Super Bowl with Tom Brady winning his seventh title, as if this year Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, said, mm-hmm. you know what? You guys are so good. We're holding a spot for you. The <laughs> NFC, yeah. don't even try. The AFC, we'll wait for your contender and we'll play that Super Bowl. It's about that ludicrous to me. Yeah, and it's no different than early UFC for you mixed martial arts fan. Early UFC was tournament style. It wasn't the way that it is now. Okay. I mean, guys would even fight two and three times in a night. Right. Imagine fighting two and three MMA matches in a night. It's insane. And that's how it was. It was it was tournament style. But guess what? The next year, previous year's champion still had to fight everybody <laughs> and muscle his way to the top. There, yeah, there was no grandfathering there. So now, thanks for sharing that, Sal, the backstory and the tie-in. So here's my question. Thinking about this, this was a new rule for the Karate Kid Part 3, but assuming it was governed by All Valley, this was their rule, right? It just kind of happened. Did Johnny ever get this same treatment? Did Vidal before him ever get this treatment? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, again, it gets the mind going. Or better yet, or yeah. better yet, will Miguel be treated to this ridiculous offering from All Valley in season four of Cobra Kai? You know what? You went through the thing at the school. You broke your back. Um, you're the champ. Yeah. We're holding that spot for you. Is this something that the showrunners and I hopefully they do sweep under the rug, or is someone ever going to mention it tongue in cheek? But come on, obviously this didn't exist before or after, but it got me thinking. Wait, Jason, refresh my memory. In Karate Kid 3, when they said, you don't have to fight your way to the top, you just, you know, yeah. you'll be there. Did they say it's a new rule? Did they did they say this is new? Well, it came in that letter. Yeah. And it was like, oh, look, Mr. Miyagi, I can just be in the finals. So, okay. I mean, how did that come about? Was yeah, this the yeah. evil doings of Terry Silver and Martin Cove, although they were already banned from the tournament at that point in time. Yeah, so I, yeah. I don't know. I, maybe there was no. some money under the table. He's greasing hands and just wanted to lure Danielson back because he was not going to do it. He was not going to defend his title. So anyway, no, no, I, no. you know, this no, is a whole no. fun talking point for me. Trust me. No, but Jason, you're absolutely right. I think that they made a rule change yeah. there. They didn't use the word new, but it was a, a new rule change. And they've never addressed it since. No. <laughs> but these showrunners should fix that like something happened maybe terry silver was behind it with i said martin cove john crease of course so you know we'll find out but funny thing this article sheds light on and here's another talking point sal before we get to the top three the three things that cobra kai must learn and why don't you take this one uh, the best part of the Karate Kid 3 is obviously Terry Silver, who is a master manipulator. He's a pure, evil, psychotic villain, <laughs> complete with a cackling villain laugh. So true. His evil plan is to drive a rift between Daniel and Mr. Miyagi and then have Daniel get a royal beatdown from deranged, quote-unquote, karate bad boy, Mike Barnes. Oh, and he wants to set up a bunch of Cobra Kai dojos around the country. Oh, and dump toxic waste. It was the late 80s. Weak environmental messages were popular at this time. Jason, can I just say this as a former uh, newspaper editor? Yes, please. 80s. Apostrophe 80S. Yep. Not 80 apostrophe S. Yes. Laura, 
you're you're great. You're the best. <laughs> you're the best around. You're the best around. Yeah, Mike Barnes was called Karate Bad Boy in that magazine that Terry yes. Silver was flipping mm-hmm. through. But yeah, I love in this. his car flipping through the magazine. I have to agree with Laura as well. I think Terry Silver is by far the best part of the Karate Kid Part Three. Now, listen. Anytime we see Mr. Miyagi on screen, amazing. But Terry Silver really shines in this role. Well, one would argue that his character was over the top. Oh, you know, totally. One, one could argue that. But but here's what I do like about a character like his. You can love to hate him because there's no doubt he's evil. You don't question. Yeah. Is he evil? Does he deserve my hatred? Does he deserve my mistrust? Absolutely he does. Yeah. He is a horrible person. You are allowed to hate him. We, we are to not have any sympathy for Terry Silver. Or John Kreese. Okay, okay, John Kreese also. We are not to have any sympathy for these guys, but here's what kind of ruined that, showing them in Vietnam. Yeah. Showing them in Vietnam, it what shows some sensitivity. How, why yeah. they're the way they are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So that was pretty good, though. I love her take on that. Terry Silver, absolutely, and uh, spot on there. That was the plan all along to create this rift. It worked. I mean, Daniel became a Cobra Kai student. Those who don't know that, Cobra Kai talked about this. And he awed everybody by saying, yeah, I too was Cobra Kai. I was uh, lured by the dark side, so to speak. That was his talking to the young Jedis. Oh, yeah. When it comes to Karate Kid 3, what is really embedded in my my head, Daniel hitting the wood. Oh, yeah. Those wooden dummies. Yeah. Kicking, hitting. Yeah. Bloody, Bloody knuckles. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That, oh boy. Yeah, no, it's I the darkest of the three. Yeah. I mean, the second one, life and death is at play, for sure. sure. Cardi Kid Part 2. But this one even goes darker. And I think that's why over time, and from doing this podcast, when I revisited, yes, sometimes I'm eye-rolling, for sure. The tournament thing, come on. But there's some real beauty in it. And it's over the top at times, but it's kind of that fun thing to go back and watch. Like, oh yeah, it's like the one you always forgot about. And every time you watch Karate Kid 3, you'll probably pick up on something new. I mean, every time. I mean, they're in the Enos house, for God's sakes. That famous house from Blade Runner. It's like, that's so cool they secured that. I doubt we'll see that again for Cobra Kai, but that would be amazing. Terry Silver's probably down on his luck in Cobra Kai 4 and he's broke. But uh, who knows? No, no, no. No, no, no. I don't want that, Jason. <laughs> you want, want the rich, over-the-top Terry Silver. I want Terry Silver to show up and not only be rich, but be richer, but now from crypto. Yeah, I was going to say, he's crypto, man, yeah. He that's was, what I'm He was saying. in Bitcoin when it was like a dollar. So, yeah, he's a, he's a super billionaire. All right, last point before we get into the three things is, in the first film, Karate Kid Part 1, Mr. Miyagi supports Daniel competing when he realizes Cobra Kai won't leave him alone. It's true. He drove Daniel to the dojo, and then he realized who he's dealing with, and they decided to go to the tournament December 19th. So, in the Karate Kid Part 2, he lets Daniel fight Chosen because Kumiko's life was threatened, as was Daniel's, and really, Miyagi couldn't do anything about it. They were out on that center island, and they threw the the walkway away. So here, in Karate Kid Part 3, Mr. Miyagi refuses to train Daniel for the tournament, even though Mike Barnes tried to kill Daniel and Jessica. Yeah, it's almost like there was a character arc for Mr. Miyagi between Karate Kid 2 and 3. Yeah. Like there should have been like Karate Kid 2.5. <laughs> right, yeah. Or, or your idea is 
flip two and three around, yeah. maybe it would have made a little bit more sense. Because, yeah, by now, Daniel and Miyagi have gone off and had this adventure in Okinawa, right? Yeah. And grown even closer. So now they're back here, and it's kind of like drumming up the past. And Miyagi's probably like, tournaments? I mean, what, yeah. we're, we're taking five steps backwards. And I agree with you, Sally. The more I think about it, the flipping those in order would have been better, and two would have been a better ending for the original trilogy. It would have been an epic, yeah. triumphant ending, Yeah, I, I think, as opposed to the second one. Yeah, talk about what ifs. Yeah, if they would have made two, three, and three, two, I just think it would have made so much more sense. Yeah. Anyway, so that's it. Wonderful article so far. And now we can get into the three lessons that Cobra Kai season four must learn from, she likes to say, the worst Karate Kid movie. We'll just call it the Karate Kid <laughs> part three. And here's number three. We're going to go backwards like a Dave Letterman top 10 countdown. But just Yes, it. yes. Number three, characters need to evolve. At the end of season three, Johnny and Daniel are finally on the same page and have merged their dojos against Kreese's Cobra Kai. However, in season four, the writers won't make the mistake of creating more conflict between these two. They just became allies. Start from there. Yeah, this is almost a there's no turning back type of mindset. I mean, we have now officially established Daniel and Johnny not only giving one another the olive branch yeah but now working together side by side they have a common together, enemy side by side yeah with a common enemy okay so can they go back is there any going back what would be the point of going back i don't think it would work Sal. i would not like it because i was sad in a way when they bonded and they went to you know the south seas apartment and they went and had a drink and i thought yep. oh these two are close to and then they fell out you know, yeah. fell out of friends. And then they had that episode where they fought the guys who stole the car and they were back yeah. in and then they fell out again. This is it. They've come together. They stay together. They don't have to be eye to eye, but they could be partners in a way. Yeah. And, you know, it's Tango and Cash. They really mm -hmm. do mesh well together, believe it or not. So I want to stay here. Yeah. And also, we don't have to choose teams anymore. Yeah. We you love them choose, both. Uh, yeah. You don't have to choose Team Daniel or Team Johnny. You don't, you, know, you don't have to choose anymore. They are now united. You could do a few seasons with Crease and Silver and what hijinks they're up to and then, you know, Team Miyagi-Do, if that's what they're called, and they most likely are, are up to. Hell, I'd love to see the four of them vacation together. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You have Amanda and Carmen and, of course, sure. Johnny and Daniel. That would be hilarious. Hang on. You're, I feel like you're turning into a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, yeah. Point. I'm turning it into uh, like a sitcom. Family Matters or something. All right. So, Sal, why don't you take the second point? Lesson. Number two, let the bad guy do his thing. Terry was the best part of Karate Kid 3. He could easily be the most entertaining character in Cobra Kai Season 4, too. I just hope the show can come up with something more creative than Terry driving a wedge between Daniel and Johnny, just like he did with Daniel and Miyagi. Instead, the franchise's best villain needs to do something new that still feels in keeping with his character. Interesting. So, so you got yeah. me thinking when you brought up a second ago, uh, what if he's, he's broken, he lost his, his fortune? Right. 
it would be an interesting twist. Yeah, it would be. Because we're expecting him to come, oh boy, we're going to see some, you know, some uh, Bill Gates money here, some Jeff Bezos money here yeah. uh, coming into season four, but maybe not. Hey, listen, as crooked as he was in the Credit Kid Part 3, he could have done time for a while. You know how the world likes to take down these big guys who are in the wrong, and it could have happened. He could be out and kind of rehabilitated, and Crease is bringing him in. I don't know. We don't know. We can't just assume, though, you're right, he's going to pick things right back up on a jet and fly in and save the day. I think his buddy Crease is like, hey, come on, you know, we can do this together. So it might be a humbled, but just as uh, I go back to what did, what did uh, she call him? A master manipulator, pure evil, psychotic villain. Hopefully he still has that cackling villain laugh as well, Sal. I'm looking forward to seeing the ponytail. (laughs) Well, we know we see that from the trailer. Yeah. And that's what got everybody confused because we thought ponytail was Terry Silver and that wasn't the case. So, yeah, they they flipped the script on, on that one. So I look forward to seeing him fight me too i look forward to seeing what he's still got yes so now the biggest lesson sal and that is keep some characters in the past oh (laughs) (laughs) this this one this one this one kind of hurts this one kind of hurts so because i like the way they're bringing no i like the way they're bringing no me too let's bring i'm waiting for bd wong i am waiting yeah yeah yeah. i want everyone what does he say again what's his famous line Coming to the dance tonight. <laughs> B.D. Wong, man. We're Love fans. Love him. Love him. Come on to the show. Come on to the show. So I agree with you. I've loved everyone they've brought back, but this is the writer. This is the straight from the article. Season three featured two of Daniel's ex-girlfriends, but there's one character season four could, but probably shouldn't, reintroduce. Jessica. Oh. There's nothing wrong with Robin Lively's performance. She's just the designated girl character who doesn't have much to do. Jessica wasn't even Daniel's girlfriend. They were just friends, the result of a script rewrite due to the awkwardness of Machio and Lively's 11-year age difference. Sal, this is news to me. You didn't know there was an 11-year age difference? I didn't know it was a rewrite. I'm assuming this comes, you know, somewhat vetted out information. Hmm. So there could have been a love interest because it became a platonic thing right away. And I was a little disappointed, too, because, you know, he's lost Allie, right? Yeah. He's lost Kamiko, sadly, which that's a whole... We could talk about that forever, Sal. Bring her to the States. Let her go to the dancing thing, and and they're an item. And here's Jessica, sweet girl that has a shop next to Miyagi's Little Trees. And yeah, it could have went a love story. And I was hoping for it, honestly. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't know if I was hoping for a love story, but once I realized it wasn't a love story, mm-hmm. I thought this should have been a guy. If they're just going to have a platonic friendship, yeah. it should have been a guy. You know why? Because he didn't have any good buddies. He well, had he's Miyagi. got Miyagi. Okay, Miyagi is not like your buddy necessarily. He's your he's your friend. He's your mentor. He's your teacher. He's your sensei. Uh, almost like a grandfather figure. Our that's all fantastic. Figure. Or a father. That's all fantastic. But that's not a buddy. You yeah. know, that's not a, that, that, that's not a, a peer. You know, yeah. and... Daniel had no peer. I mean, look what happened in the first movie. He had Freddy for a hot yeah, second. Look what happened to Freddy. Freddy threw him under the bus. Freddy. He did. He did. Freddy and then Freddy just, was there just, at the finals like, yeah, man, I know that guy. He's in the, <laughs> he's in the apartment next to me at the South Sea's apartment. Yeah, we're so, friends. Yeah, we're friends. I, I know him. Yeah, that's what I thought. It should have been a guy, a good yeah. buddy. Since it wasn't, uh, yeah, I didn't really see the point. Now, do I think that means that 
Jessica doesn't need to be around ever again? Well, I will say this. I don't see the point in having her around. Like, what would be the point and objective in bringing back Jessica? It wouldn't really make any sense. And they could do a cameo. If that's what they want to do, they could do a cameo. Like, where are they now? She's with the guy. Well, let me finish what the oh, Wait, says. I know. I know. Hey, look. Oh. Let's go back. Let's go back a little bit. Okay. Have uh, Daniel look it on Facebook. And yeah. he's like kind of checking out Jessica's Facebook in passing. And we go, oh my God, yeah, that's all we and need. We, that's all we and need. And we move on and yeah. we move on. Yeah, I and like that's that. It. I like that. So in the article it does say, and she was shipped back to Ohio before the movie even ended. True. Bringing yeah. Jessica back would be a waste of time and serve no purpose besides pure nostalgia. Now I yeah. like pure nostalgia. However, <laughs> I agree. I like your takeaway, a subtle callback, just a little callback yeah. tip of the cap. Yes. Just a little, yes. hey, yeah, that was that girl. Or it could come up in conversations, although he's already had the chance because he talked about girls from his past to Sam, mm. right? Mm. Samantha one yeah. time. He could have done it then. You know, there was Kamiko yeah. and there was Jessica and there was others. I mean, that would have been a time to do it. But I'm with you. It wouldn't kill me though, Sal. I think she's a little bit more anti-Jessica. Yeah, yeah. I'd be fine if she showed up uh, at some PTA meeting and sure. it was like, oh, sure. an Easter egg. So. Well, because you know why? Put it this way. Even though in Karate Kid 3, I wondered why she was there. Here we are today. Yeah. Well, she was there. Yeah. So that's it. That's she it. was there. So does that mean she should be written out completely? I do not believe that at all. No. Yeah. So anyway, fun, fun article to explore. I thought we could have some fun with it. I don't yeah. necessarily agree with all of it, but it no. invokes ideas and got me spinning on the rule change and all these things. And how we could probably make our own lessons from the Karate Kid Part 3 sure. that Cobra Kai sure. could learn. But it was fun to go down. So thank you, Inverse. Thank you, Laura Kelly, yeah. for the good stuff. And yeah. uh, Great job. Great job, Laura, from a former newspaper editor. That's right. Great job. Great article. And good job on your 80s. You did that right. <laughs> yes. Everybody, remember, apostrophe 80S. That's what it is. Not 80 apostrophe S. No, no. Because you just get the God. red ink out and you mark it out and you circle it and you send it back to the reporter, right? The writer. Uh, well, you know, because they may be thinking that they maybe uh, are referring to someone in their 80s. Ah. Then, then there it's there different. You go. There we there go. go. <laughs> well, that's all I got, Sal. A lot of fun. We'll be back with more. Anything else? No, I really enjoyed that. And and hey, look forward to more articles from Laura Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you can be her editor someday, so. I, I would oblige. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening, and please be sure to subscribe to Let's Talk Cobra Kai wherever you get your podcast. You can also really help us by giving the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. And for all you listeners that enjoy sharing your thoughts, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, send us a direct message, or post a comment on our social media, which is at Let's Talk Cobra Kai as well as at Just Curious Media. If you're a dedicated listener of Let's Talk Cobra Kai, consider supporting the show on Patreon. This greatly benefits us on many fronts and offers you access to exclusive content and much more. We also highly recommend checking out our other podcast and visiting JustCuriousMedia.com. No mercy. <laughs>